Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell. And thanks for listening to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I'm Lee. Kevin is the star of the show. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. So are you, are you psyched about the NFL draft? I'll say this. I, I'm currently writing this. This will be heard after I've written it, which is weird and posted it. But I'm currently writing a just a preview as far as here's how to watch the first round of the NFL draft. And, uh, you know, as a Seahawks fan, it's kind of weird, though. But I'm basically my uh, and what I'm writing about is the pressure's kind of off this year, right? We don't have to wait to see if they're actually going to trade back, which they inevitably do. It's like, we can just watch them what other teams do. We know we're not drafting until at least the second round. So are you going to watch it? And does that make you feel like I'm just watching it for fun? Kind of like if you're watching the Super Bowl and the Seahawks aren't involved. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's kind of like when your team loses in the first round of the uh, NCAAs <laughs> or the first round of the playoffs, you don't really have it. You're like, oh, okay, well, you know, I wish my team was in it, but it's kind of nice. I can just relax and enjoy the show as opposed to stressing out about they got to pick the right guy that's got to show up on day one and, you know, play as, play as hard out and be the best or we're screwed. Yeah, I think – if a, a another team in the NFC West, that's the fan base that I would be most stressed because it's like, you know what the Jets and, and Jacksonville are going to do one and two, which makes sense. But if you're a 49ers fan, which we are not, um, but if you're a 49ers fan, are you really going to pick what I, you really have to? Why did you move up? First of all, you guys still got to be questioning that. Like, why are you moving up that much? What are you going to take? Are you going to take a quarterback because Garoppolo is not really the answer? And then are you going to take Mac Jones? That's got to be the most nervous fan base in the NFL at this point, correct? Yeah, and I was listening to uh, KJR today, and they had on uh, Ryan Leaf, and he was he was saying that he doesn't think the Niners are going to pick Mac Jones. He thinks they're going to pick Justin Fields, and he actually thinks Mac Jones is going to go. 15 or 16 but um yeah i don't i mean they, they gotta make the right pick at number three i mean it's and i don't know that mac jones and one of the things that um right leaf said was and it makes sense is that mac jones threw from the pocket a lot at alabama which you could i mean they've got you know a professional offensive line but in the NFL, you don't throw that much from the pocket. There's a lot of, you know, outside the pocket throws. I think he said it was 52% or something like that from the pocket. So, I mean, it makes sense. I don't, I don't know that – I mean, Mac Jones is a good player, but I just don't know. At number three, if you expect him to come in and start, I mean, Justin Fields is a heck of a lot more athletic and, and um, in my opinion, more versatile. But – We'll see. I don't know. He was pretty convinced, though, that they were not going to take Mac Jones. I don't know. Who knows? I guess it could be Fields. I'd be, as a, I may regret this one day, five years down the line, but I'd be okay as a Seahawks fan if it was Justin Fields because he just doesn't seem to be, he doesn't seem to translate. He doesn't seem to translate that well from college to, and what Ohio State quarterback has, really, right, has yeah. translated that well from college to the NFL. I mean, I think Shanahan's a, a good coach. I think there's a bunch of good coaches in the NFC West. And I think he'll make the most out of Fields' talent if they do choose Fields. 
but at the same point, it's like, I don't, I don't really think that's a long-term answer either. I think that's a risk if you take him at three. I think Mac Dr- Jones is a risk too. And it's interesting. You brought up the 52% because I'm wondering like, is that the NFL average overall? Or is that like the 49ers average? Because like the Seahawks, I mean, Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, but I don't even know what his percentage is as far as throwing truly from a pocket. I mean, he, there's so much weirdness that goes on with the Seahawks offense or the 49ers offense or the Rams offense or the Cardinals offense, any team in the NFC West. I don't know what their percentage of throwing from the pocket would be. And and I'll say this about Mac Jones. We, we, we live in the South, so we saw him play a bunch, right? I don't yeah. have anything against the guy. He might yeah. end up, maybe he's A.J. McCarron. I don't know. But at Alabama, in the right system, the guy's a beast. So, yep. I mean, yeah, he's got Devontae Smith playing receiver, but he still looked extremely calm throwing the ball. He was extremely accurate. So for if the 49ers do say, you know what, we're going to go Mac Jones and people are going to like pan it. I don't, I want to see how that plays out. I think Mac Jones might actually be a decent NFL quarterback in the right system. Yeah. And the thing about it is in Alabama, they, they have their athletes, but Saban like him or hate him. he, teaches those kids the mental capacity of the game too, you know, to, to, to be a good, to, to keep your mental head about you. And, and, um, you know, you have physical attributes, but this is a, this there's head games in the football and you gotta, you gotta be able to be prepared for that. So, you know, another thing Leaf said too, was he said, you got Trevor Lawrence and he said, and there's a huge gap between the next guys. So everybody, you know, Trevor Lawrence is, you know, he was been the first round pick since he was a sophomore in high school, but, um, <laughs> yep. he, uh, these other guys, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a risk, but no, I mean, Lawrence is a risk too, but he certainly has shown that he can play the game. So this just in Russell Wilson has been traded and, uh, the, the Seahawks have the number one. No, I'm just kidding. Cause you know, that's what's <laughs> going to happen as soon as we end the show, right? Is yeah. The Seahawks are going to do something weird. So uh, it, it's funny because I was listening to Pete Carroll and John Schneider had a press conference today, pre-draft press conference, and Pete was talking about, yeah, we we traded our number one pick this year, next year for Jamal Adams. He's basically our first round pick, and I'm okay with that. And and at this point, Jamal Adams versus whoever they would get first or early second round is I'm happy with that too. What do you think? Yeah, as long as you can keep them. I mean, that's you gotta you gotta get them under contract here pretty soon, in my opinion. But uh, as long as you keep them, and yeah, I, I'm happy with that. I mean, he he, uh, you know what you have. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, one of the questions was, you know, how to John Schneider, or general manager of the Seahawks. If you're listening to this and you're not a Seahawks fan, and we're just talking out, I'm, I'm accident. You've accidentally found us, and I apologize. But one of the things that uh, John Schneider was asked was, you know, if they, he thought that that uh, Jamal Adams' extension year that he's going to be playing this year would be a, an issue, like come up, and Schneider was like, I don't. I don't even, haven't even thought about that. I don't even think that's an issue. And I don't think it's an issue. I think Jamal Adams seems like a stand-up guy. I don't think he's not going to show up for camp. I mean, his pay rate has gone up to $9 million a year. He knows he's going to get paid either way after this year. And and my hope is that the Seahawks, maybe they do it before the season. That'd be fantastic because that means Adams would come in super motivated. 
Or maybe he comes in with a chip on his shoulder if he doesn't get that extension and the Seahawks work out. He's going to be a Seahawk for a long time. And I don't think there's any concern about that. If he's not, then John Schneider and Pete Carroll probably don't know what they're doing. And after 10 years of extreme success, I can say they know what they're doing. So Jamal Adams is going to be a Seahawk for a long time. I don't, I don't have firsthand knowledge of that. I can just base it on ten, a decade of history with these two guys. And Jamal Adams doesn't seem like a, as opposed to Earl Thomas, who could be probably a, a locker room issue, then I don't see Jamal. I think Jamal Adams is a great guy in the locker room. I don't think he's going to cause a disruption. I would be shocked. Of course, I was shocked when Cam Chancellor did it too, but he ended up coming back and, you know, everybody respects Cam. So are you are you concerned at all that Jamal Adams will actually end up being some kind of issue going into 2021? The only thing that scares me is, is that if he is considered our first round pick this year, Schneider does not have a really good track record with first round picks. No, but <laughs> That's true. Joke, joking, obviously, but no, I, I think um, I th- other than Earl Thomas, I guess would be the exception. But um, no, I, I think they'll get him. You know, I think he. I think he wants to win, and I think the Seahawks have proved with some uh, off-season moves this year that they want to win, and and um, I hope that Jamal Adams sees that this is a team he can do it with. And unless he's all about the money and wants to hang out and you know try to get some ridiculous amount of money like Jadavion Clowney did, and then didn't get it. Um, but I, yeah, I don't. I think he'll be a Seahawk. He he fits in well. I think he's a good. Uh, uh, inspiration and exciting guy, you know, high fives and things like that on the in the on the um, in the backfield. And the Seahawks need that leadership in that backfield. I speaking of that, I hope they can get Sherman to you, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I'd love. I think we'd both both love that if that were to happen. But um, and I'm kind of with you. It's like you know, I, I got your joke about first round draft picks. I started writing an article about. What I was going to do is rank the first round draft picks under John Schneider uh, earlier this or this weekend I was working on it and then started looking, remembering and looking at like, oh man, surely he's, I started with five. I was like, okay, there's going to be five really good first round draft picks. And I got, you know, Thomas Nokung actually was pretty decent. And I started writing that. I was like, man, there's just not enough to work on here. So I ended up switching it to like best draft picks under John Schneider because they did just don't have, it's not even first round. It's like first pick. Cause that's what I switched it to. And I was like, well, Malik McDowell was a first pick at some point. And it was just like, that clearly didn't work out either. So anyways, I switched it thankfully, but we are going to be right back after these words. And this podcast is brought to you by Danette May and mindful health LLC featuring Danette May's top superfood product, from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result, fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, 
guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it's a friendly, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, we've been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. We have an offering up to 15% off when you use the code MINUTE15, and that is the word MINUTE, M-I-N-U-T-E, and then the number 1515. And that's uh, earthechofoods.com forward slash Minute Media. Oh, all right. So, so the draft itself... Of course, we talked about like there's no Seahawks pick in round one. The shocking thing would be if they actually move back up into round one. I don't even know how they do that unless they traded somebody ridiculous, and hopefully that won't happen. No Bobby Wagner, no Russell Wilson, no Jamal Adam trades. I'm good with that. Leave it as it is. No pick. In fact, I'd probably be okay with them picking down out of round two if they picked up enough draft picks in round three or four. But there's been a lot of mock drafts. Um, and there's a really good, the way the Seahawks.com does it is, is really good because it's an excellent uh, site for anybody to see. But they actually keep a track of different mock drafts that have been done. Um, <clears throat> and so the Seattle Times, all the writers have done mock drafts. And one is Dylan Ray Dunes, which is an offensive tackle from North Dakota State. In fact, it's been, I wrote an article about him months ago, and in fact, it's been so long that I forgot he was even still available for the NFL draft because that's how long we've been prepping for the draft. And there's a bunch, of, a bunch of quarterbacks. Rondell Moore is one of the picks. I think that'd be fantastic, and I think Jake Heaps liked him as well. Um, Greg Bell, of course, from News Tribune does a fantastic job. He's got three people who I've written articles, and this means, I don't mean to say this like, I know what I'm talking about. It's just like I'm looking at who people might be picking for the Seahawks as far as their guesses, and I write an article about them. I don't really know anything. Greg Bell's a, little, a lot smarter. All the guys on the Seattle Times are a lot smarter than I am, so I'm not trying to make a comparison there. But Greg Bell does have three people who I've written articles about. One is Robert Rochelle from Central Arkansas, who's a corn, big cornerback, but he's really raw, but I think he'd be a fantastic fit in the Seahawks. So with the Seahawks. So what are you thinking? What are you thinking going into the draft? Are you thinking they need to stand pat with round two and actually get a player and then kind of work it later on as far as picking up more picks? And if they do stand pat and in round two, what position do you think they need? Do they, do they need to just go with the best player available or do they actually need to pick per position like cornerback, which is a long-term situation for the Seahawks, it doesn't seem to be as set as a lot of other positions. I, I would say if they picked in the second round, which I don't think they will, I think though the Seahawks tend to go with just a massive number of picks and then see who makes the team. But can I um, interrupt you for just a second? Cause I agree yeah. with what you're saying. And it was just funny. Cause we've come to the point now, a Seahawks fan where it's like, we're not really, we don't really care if they pick in round one because we expect them to trade. Now we're at like, we don't really care if they pick in round two. <laughs> That's about Well, if you, <laughs> I think it's because we talked about a minute ago, the history of the picks. I mean, what do you, you know, what do we get? And then I don't know, but yeah, I think I would probably say 
best person available at the position of offensive line, wide receiver, or defensive back. You know what I mean? It's it's. I don't know that there's a, there's a specific position I'd say pick first, but um, you know those are pretty much the three. We do need a we need that third um, third receiver, but um, yeah, I'd say best best uh, person available at any of those positions. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like uh, agree with you 100. percent um, but I'm with Jake Heaps when he pointed out that if Rondell Moore is somehow available at pick at the at their second pick or their first pick in round two, I should say, if I speak better English, if their pick is still there at round two and they haven't traded back again and Moore is still there, that guy is like a perfect piece to a Shane Waldron offense because he's so he runs a four two four point two nine forty. And he's small, but that's okay because the Rams like smaller receivers. That guy would be perfect with the Seahawks. And and that said, I think he'll end up going higher than they. But if he ends up being there at round two, I say hopefully they haven't traded back. Hopefully they don't make that trade until like it's their turn to pick. And then it's like right. when they work out the trade. Because if they're still there and they haven't chosen at pick 56, and they haven't worked out a trade, and they choose someone, and Rondell Moore is still there. Pick Rondell Moore. Period. The guy would be fantastic fit because they can they can work through the cornerbacks. Hopefully that they have signed or either have on the roster already. They're not great. I'm like I'm with you. Richard Sherman would be. He needs to be resigned in Seattle. As far as I'm concerned, he would be a great fit. And he he lives in the Seattle area. He's not a bad human being. As much as people like, oh, he talks too much. He's a good dude. And I'd yeah. love to have him back on the Seahawks team. So if that that could still work out whether you pick trade your pick in round two or not. I mean, so if Rondell Moore is still there, that that should happen. But if the, if he's not there or if a top corner, I, I just have a feeling they're the only way of really picking up unless they trade a player like Quandre Diggs or move Marquise Blair back to safety and trade Diggs before the draft or during the draft to pick up extra picks. The only way to getting getting extra picks is to trade the picks that they have. So if they head into round two, pick number 56, and they're still there, there's some team that's going to be like, you know what, John, I'm going to, or Pete, probably John, because he's the guy who makes the decisions on draft day. I'm going to give you round three and round four, and John's going to be like, I'll take that. And then they trade back because that's what they do. They don't really have, thank God, they don't really have any pressing needs this year going into 2021 where they have to make that pick at round two. And they set it up because of the smart moves they made by like getting Jamal Adams and and other players. But still, if they have not made a pick and Rondell Moore is there at round two, pick number 56 or round two pick number 56, he needs to be the pick. That would be fantastic. Long term. That would be fantastic. So, yeah, I think I think they still. I hope they still, you know, resign KJ for the right money, and then if they can get Sherman, like I said, you know, like we've said, I'd like to see him on a two-year deal, finish out his career, and then um, you know get him on the coaching staff somehow because that's I, I think he's a, uh, and then you know stick him in the ring of honor and and go from there. He's he is a good dude. I mean, he's got a mouth, but I mean, I don't I don't think he's his mouth isn't like one of these that just, you know, gets him in all kinds of trouble. He says things and 
that other people don't want to say, you know, or that, that other people can't say. But yeah. He's good in the locker room. I mean, he doesn't cause any problems in the locker room. He's he's just no. a mouthy guy. So what? And and there's lots of players over lots of different sports. Charles Barkley was the same way. The guy seems like a good dude, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can yeah. talk about lots of sports people with mouth off, and they play with a chip on their shoulder. That's exactly what Pete Carroll and the Seahawks should want anyway. So if he's still playing with a chip on his shoulder, that's even more welcome back to Richard Sherman. I don't think it'll happen, but I think Seahawks fans should be, at least most of us, should be kind of hoping Oh, maybe it will happen because he's a great cornerback still. He was injured last year, and he'll still be a great cornerback for the next two years. And that's how long he wants to play. You mentioned coaching would be interesting because I wouldn't be shocked either way if in five years from now, part of the defensive coaching staff, which isn't going to include Pete Carroll, will be a different head coach. But the defensive head coach, just because he's old, older, but the defensive coaching staff has Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman on it. Heck, one of those guys could be the DC because they're yep. both smart enough. So that'd be awesome. Heck, maybe one of them's the head coach and one of them's the DC. That's a uh, a question for a future Seahawks team and for another episode probably. But um, but so we've talked about round two. So you, you think that they need to have secondary receiver and offensive line? Those are the three biggest uh, positional needs as far as you're concerned. Correct. Yes. Do you think they need to wait on an offensive tackle until next year or the year after? Because they probably may not have enough. There may not be still somebody in round two that would be good enough for a long-term answer to replacing either Shell or Brown. Uh, maybe, but I think there's, I mean, there's a lot, there's always, always seems to be a lot of good offensive linemen. So, um, you know, you may you may pick one and he, he turns out great. He may not, but um, I don't know. It's that offensive line still just a little thin um, as far as depth goes for me. Um, I, 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 I think you need to, I guess if you looked at, uh, well, I'm not sure the offensive line would be, be the first place to fill. It'd probably be the, the uh, the secondary and then offensive line and wide receiver because I mean you've got some you know decent wide receivers but you still I just I would still love to see Josh Gordon I don't know if that's ever going to happen but um, I guess my it's in the back of my mind that someday Josh Gordon's going to be playing for the Seahawks <laughs> yeah how lucky are we to be a, a, a fans of a team NFL team where we're thinking about well if they choose somebody in round two this could be the position they choose right I mean right. there's a lot of teams out there who are like they need needs at every position or almost every position the Seahawks are like the way they've stocked the roster going into 2021 it's like well if they get a third receiver great if they get a guy who might end up being a starter in the offensive line great um cornerback i mean they should be okay with what they we don't know about the alden smith situation maybe that will maybe he'll end up playing maybe he won't maybe he doesn't deserve to play i don't know but even without alden smith they still have enough potentially good pass rushers especially if daryl taylor comes back and can do anything at all where they don't really need Alden Smith. And if KJ Wright doesn't get re-signed, they've still got Jordan Brooks and still got Bobby Wagner and they've still got Cody Barton. 
I mean, the team is good enough without having, sounds ridiculous, without having any draft picks at all this year. Because as far as you draft back, you're basically trading or trading back for what you hope can be depth or maybe a possible starter in the future. But for next year, you don't really need anybody in the draft, right? No, you're not. We don't. You're not looking for any game changers in the draft, you know, and that you brought up Alden Smith. I I hope, you know, reading you know, a little bit on that story, it sounded to me like a family dispute and hopefully it, it can get resolved. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it, a bad situation all the way around and, you know, he's got a bit of a, he's a bit of a volatile guy, but um, it just sounded to me more like a family quarrel that, yeah, the guy like he punched the guy who married his cousin or something. Is that what? No, it was? I think it's his brother-in-law who beats up his sister or something. I, I, yeah. Well, if that's right, the case. Told, <laughs> well, yeah, the guy deserved it, you know. And he no, told him, he said, that. "Hey, listen, you know, you do that again." And and then they stepped outside, and I guess Smith brought a guy with him, and the guy wasn't expecting it, and so I I don't know. I mean, it's not. What I was think, what I was thinking, it was. I'm like, oh great, this is probably a situation where he walked into a bar, some guy egged him on, and he smacked him, and mm-hmm. it's not that because that's <laughs> what we were led to believe it when it exactly first it doesn't appear to be that. It appears to be a family dispute in public. Now I don't, I don't know, but that's just just what I read. So, um, well, and that that's see. kind of what I've seen a little bit too, and we don't know the whole situation. And you and I, we don't talk politics on the show. You and I have, we have a common ground because we're human beings and we are understanding like, oh, people can disagree and it's okay. But, you know, we have different political views. But I tweeted something out about like, hey, if he did it and, you know, he did do this, maybe he needs to go to jail. But we need to wait till the facts come out about it. And I said, due process is a good thing. And people didn't like that. I'm like what kind of country have we come to where due process is a bad thing? <laughs> we need more due pro. I mean, we need more due process on, on both ends of the spectrum. I mean, it's, that's what this country is. I mean, that's one of the number one things of our legal system is you process, you know, look at the facts, process the situation. And then there's the outcome. Don't try it in the media, which you know, it seems to happen a lot, but I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I don't know, but I don't either. I mean, that's the thing because it's like, maybe he did it. I, I don't know. We, none of us know Pete Carroll and John mm-hmm. Schneider probably don't really know. I mean, they can try to gather evidence from what they hear, but they don't know. So for us to just make an, and, and the guy doesn't have a great history. He's not been a very great human being in his past, but when it comes to this situation, it's easy to make that jump to, well, he's guilty because he did something, but we don't know that. And if it is something where, you know, the guy's beating up Alden Smith's sister, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. do I want him to be, well, and, the, and the, you know, credit, credit to the Seahawks and the NFL for not jumping to conclusions and saying, Hey, <laughs> you're out of here. You're done for whatever. And it's, you know, they're, Hey, well, we're going to sit back and wait and see what happens, which is the right thing to do in any exactly. situation. That's right. hundred percent. So uh, we're almost done with the show for today, but do you have any after draft predictions? Like for instance, maybe Richard Sherman's waiting on a team to see what they do before he signs with anybody. Clearly 
to see, hey, you know what? You still need a quarterback. And it could be that the Seahawks don't draft a cornerback. And he's like, you know what? These are my services. So do you have any after-draft predictions as far as maybe the Seahawks make a big splash signing because they didn't really do a whole lot of trading? And it could be any prediction. It could be that well, Russell Wilson, for some reason, gets traded after the draft or whatever. But any predictions? I, I think I think the only thing that'll happen, that's what I hope would happen, is they sign KJ and they sign Sherman. I saw somebody the other day, it might have been last week, talking about Sherman to the Jets and I, my heart dropped a little bit. He was like, wait a minute. No, that's not, we don't, we don't need that. <laughs> Does Rich, Richard Sherman probably even thinks I don't need that. I've got two years to play. I'm not playing with the Jets. No, I'm not exactly. <laughs> yeah. I I'm with you. Actually. I think they re-signed KJ and I think they, because he hasn't signed with anybody and, Sadly, he's he's a really good linebacker still, so I don't understand why nobody has really offered him more than like a, a veteran minimum because I think that's what he's leading to if he wants to play, unless he does the Cliff Averill route and he just doesn't play anymore. But yeah, I can see Richard Sherman coming back to Seattle. My hope is that, you know, they go through the draft, they do what they do. They're not going to make a splash draft pick because they just don't have the picks to do that. Then it comes to Sunday where we sign a bunch of undrafted free agents where the Seahawks don't do anything except, you know, sign guys like Doug Baldwin or Puna Ford or something great like that. Right. And then they end up signing Richard Sherman on like Monday. That would be that would be a dream of mine, I think. And I, I think that could actually be realistic, a realistic dream. Yeah, it's not it's not uh, not out of the realm. It's not not as uh, dreamy as they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. So. Well, yeah, and I'm not even sure. I mean, in, it's like in baseball. You never really know how the prospects are going to work out. Lawrence might be great, but you never really know. I mean, somebody chose Ryan Leaf at number two at some point. No offense to Leaf, but saw how he turned out. But, but that's our show. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week and recap whatever the Seahawks, whatever this happened this week, we'll recap. And we're looking forward to it because it's the draft and there's madness involved no matter what. And we'll kind of recap what every NFC West team has done and the Seahawks re-signing of Richard Sherman and KJ Wright and that they moved up in the draft and somehow took, uh, I don't know, somebody. And so uh, that's not that's not all going to happen. Maybe none of it's going to happen. But we'll be back next week to talk all of that. So I'm Lee and Kevin, as always, has the last word. Go Hawks.